Hey guys, this is Marcel again from the Picabro Radio. A couple of weeks ago, I was running my first visual facilitation garage. It's around in German-speaking Europe for a while, but now we have started this advanced workshop in Australia for all people who have attended the fundamentals class at least. So it's an advanced class, and when you start something new, you start something small. Keys turned up to my first garage, and I really had a great time through that. We had four hours of intense learning, and I mean learning for both of us. Like at the end, I was actually thinking, who should pay the bill? I learned so much from Keith, and at the end, I thought, let's share this with the wider community. Let me introduce you Keith Graves in a couple of sentences. Keith grew up in Ireland and worked his way to a couple of very interesting countries, including Azerbaijan and Syria. Today, Keith lives with his family in Melbourne, running two companies, Chit Chat and Mosaic Lab. Mosaic Lab is a company that facilitates big groups and creates spaces for co-creation and collaboration. He sets up venues for 80 to 300 people to bring people together from all kinds of societies and also to put people together in a room to create a panel of a 365 view around the society in Australia. He then puts all his passion and energy into preparing those venues and you will learn through the podcast how to do that and how to learn from him. What really hit me when I listened to him was his passion for public participation. And here he makes a difference in the world by focusing on improving our democracy. Our democracy is based on majority. 50% is good, but imagine that you have a co-created proposal for the Prime Minister that has actually a supermajority of 80%. Now let me pass on the microphone to Keith Greaves from Mosaic Lab and let him share his story. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Keith, yes. welcome. Thank, Thank you very you, much Marcel. for joining me. <laughs> very nice that you come around. We are here in Camberwell in my house, and it's uh, really great that you are here. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining. Well, thank you. I'm sorry we got so distracted with our uh, <laughs> background stories <laughs> before we started. Yeah. We, um, when you came last week to the Visual Facilitation Garage, mm -hmm. I, like we explored all sorts of different um, topics. Yeah. And the reason why we are sitting here was one thing that I really struck me was that you actually work with government to create law proposals with big groups mm -hmm. to facilitate that. Yeah. Um, but maybe before we dig into that, like, mm -hmm. would you like to give a bit of background who you are and where you, where you come from? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think I, I, that's a good question. <laughs> and, and it's leaving me slightly puzzled because I remember when, when I arrived last week, it was great. Obviously we worked together before and, um, you know, I was surprised I was the only one there. So it was good because what I think what you pushed me, Marcel, is to really think about uh, the work you do and how it connects with the work I do. And it started generating all sorts of thoughts for me because I wasn't expecting to have that good quality reflective time together so that was really nice and all sorts of things came up for me about you know what makes me me and how i do my work and we and i feel a real connection to it from the visual work we do at you because it always brings me back to childhood you know? yeah and and um tinkering and you know drawing images and playing and we explored this a lot in our conversation 
And I always felt a really strong connection with it. But I remember getting into so much trouble when I was a child that, you know, academically I was seen as to be in the lower stream of academic performance. Um, people were frustrated by the way I, I would, you know, be thinking and generating ideas or that I'd be doodling and drawing these images and, and they'd see that as a distraction. And, and, and so you almost had it like, um, forced out of you don't do that it's bad don't think that way don't operate that way and your 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 abilities are limited in in that space so now you know 40 years later in having lived in seven countries and been privileged to work in a whole range of different ways and environments um i always feel pretty humbled by it when i come back to thinking about visuals and thinking how am i now standing up in front of these really big groups doing really difficult stuff and and they're really relying on you to help them figure out a way forward with a problem or a challenge or 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 something that they've been grappling with for a long long time and and it all and the connecting with the visuals it's a bit of a rambling answer but but connecting with visuals just always brings me back to that reflective space how did i get here when you kind of thought you 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 shouldn't be here because uh, you were always told you you're not capable of doing this, and so I have a very strong personal connection with the with visual imagery and what it means. And I wasn't expecting to go there last week. <laughs> I thought we'd I thought we'd turn up and I'd learn how to do some boxes better, yeah. you know. I, and what we ended up doing is for deeply connecting for me or reinforcing for me, well, this does have a place in who you are and what you do. Yeah. I'm not very good at it, but it's, it does have a place oh, and yeah. an, an important yeah. place. Yeah. Let's try to track this teacher mm. down who told you off for a little later. Yeah, I know. Which get country him. you were born in. <laughs> well, look, uh, I grew up in Ireland. So, oh, yeah. and, um, uh, the, uh, I liked growing up in Ireland, but I was fortunate that my siblings who were alive at the time traveled a lot. Yeah. And, um, so they kind of opened up my eyes to there's a bigger world out there. Yeah. And um, we, we were educated in a fairly formal way in Ireland. It was, um, uh, uh probably little room for too much creativity. Uh, it was a very strong Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty traditional in its nature. Yep. And that always felt, um, uh, conflicting for me, uh, that, you know, restrictive and, um, and because you weren't able to, uh, I don't know, blossom or explore your learning and how you wanted to do it. If you, you were, you were deemed to be, um, of a particular ability, you know, and, and I remember some years later going back to Ireland when I, and I, you know, since went on and educated myself, traveled and followed my siblings lead, uh, educated myself in design and technology and found that passion for what I always wanted to do and, and learn to be a teacher. Yeah. And, and I remember coming back to Ireland some years later, I was probably in my late twenties at this point and working with my nephew who was seemed to be going through a similar thing, you know, very downtrodden in the school environment. Um, uh, but I could see that kind of creativity and visual connection and great ability to connect with people and a huge talent with their hands, you know. And, and um, I remember going into a school with him and having a conversation with his teacher about uh, his his mathematical abilities, you know, that he wasn't very good at maths. And I said, you know what, I think we have a different problem here. I think the problem is um, you're not connecting to his ability to, to use maths. And she said, why, what do you mean? And I said, well, this same 
um, young man is about to do his music exam for classical guitar or something he was playing at the highest level possible of a 15 year old because he's so good at it but that's not the thing the thing that really impresses me is he's making his guitar for the exam <laughs> so so to hear he's not good at maths that does not compute for me because you cannot make a musical instrument such as a guitar and then know how to play it to a really high level yeah um, you have to know something how to build and how to measure it right? yeah yeah yes. so so it always i think you know and i am rambling a bit with you but 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 i think there were moments like that throughout my life that made me realize oh maybe i maybe i have a way of learning to bring people together and 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 not be afraid to have conversations that we need to have yeah nice and, and yeah. the better my skills are at creating an environment that that it's okay to have that conversation yeah and be relaxed and encouraging and informal with it almost the antithesis of of what i experienced um regardless of how serious the subject is mm-hmm. um and build a style that enables you to create that environment that people feel okay to have the dialogue and conversation and begin to build relationships so for me that's creating that learning environment is very important and what i've learned to recognize is that there's a bunch of skills you need for that you know Uh, and, and some of them are those meta skills such as you know we talked about this what a what a letter looks like on on a wall yeah. Yes, and it, that might seem trivial to some it doesn't to me mm-hmm. there's nothing should be out of place when you're creating that environment yeah. with the learning environment mm. like I remember when I went to um, to the primary school where my daughter started in grade one and they all had all kinds of different um, basically like islands to where they can learn so there was a lot more like relaxed couch situation where like alphabets and something. There was a math corner where there was more like um, a bit more serious with a blackboard and, mm. and those things. But they could wander around how they like. Mm. And it's basically like for each person to connect with an environment in a nice way, almost like um, maybe every day a bit different. What, what you're about right yeah. and you need to figure out for those like for a big group what mm. the right environment is yeah, yeah i think we come back to that in a minute i think yeah, yeah. so we, we are so connected with yeah, this yeah. topic of environment yeah, how to yeah, set definitely. it up for people yeah, definitely but so when uh, like wondering in in the in your career so you started as a teacher is this right yes then, yeah yeah i well uh i i um I, uh, first off, I traveled yeah, <laughs> and, nice. and then. Which countries? Uh, I started in, I lived in Holland for a bit and, and uh, for about a year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, and, and then in Italy for a while and then yeah. in France for a while. And I ended up settling back in the UK in London for yep. some years. Mm-hmm. And then through my work in London, that took me to, um, Azerbaijan and to Syria. And it's all pre the wars right. that have yeah. been conducted. But, but certainly exposed me to a lot of different people and interesting groups. Yeah. A- and, um, Can you imagine that. Yeah. And it kind of reinforced, um, you know, we've got, uh, I was, I had a very privileged background coming by comparison to some of these communities, very fortunate background. Yeah. A- and even though I maybe didn't think that at the time, you know, when you're suddenly working with communities that have real problems, you know, real challenges and they're just grateful to be alive, quite frankly. And, and they've been displaced uh, from wars in their own communities. And I think for me, that just compounded more and more this sense of, um, 
helping people to uh, speak with each other and be constructive with each other. And um, I, I don't know, it's taken a while to find confidence in be okay with creating that environment. Uh, and that, you know, some people have to deal with some really difficult things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And yes. so I off, and so for a number of years now, I've kind of, I've, I've been evolving my style, which is, it doesn't matter if it's with um, a, a ministerial advisory group or a high level board or a group of counselors or politicians mm-hmm. or, or a group of school kids. I'll use exactly the same processes to enable dialogue and conversation to take place. And that's a style that is good for me. And I think it's partly what's driven me in learning how um, that's how I tick and work, but also having the confidence to support other people in that space. It's not for everybody, you know, and it's not claiming it to be everybody, but I met somebody along that journey who was very, I got used to get very consumed about the, on average, about two out of 10 people that go, oh, this isn't quite my thing. And I just get consumed by it, you know, oh my God, how do I, how do I make sure everybody's happy? Well, you kind of can't, you know, you can't. Yeah. And, but I met this very wise facilitator and she said to me, um, if you try and do that, you'll become bland, you know, and you'll become bland and unexciting to the point that you'll be no good to anybody. So, you know, work with your style, learn your style, embrace the things that you love and bring them to that environment and people will respond. Yeah. And I've kind of, it takes, confidence and conviction yeah. to do it every time you kind of think oh this is not going to work <laughs> yeah well it, i think it, it gives people a, a chance to connect with you if yeah. you have some edges or some experience and you share that who you are yeah like it is it is ah this this is the guy uh-huh, i can see him a bit better and yeah. now i have something to talk about yeah right? yeah it's like if you're if you're this like over political correct guy who's like a so like yeah. very like like in, so neutral tries to be for everyone like so welcoming yeah. it makes it hard for for someone who needs this connection yeah to be um to be to be able to connect with you and i also find it's not it's not true to you you know yeah, and who right. you are and I, I remember um about eight years ago when i was first started working in in Melbourne independently and so I'd come from working in London and I've been there for about 14 years working with a very creative group and creative industries uh, working with artists and scientists and and that was all about trying to work on really difficult stuff and how do you get a five-year-old to get excited about cellular automata or fractals or, you know, in a way that they don't know they're playing with that, but the scientists can tell you they're playing with contemporary scientific issues. Mm -hmm. And here's a five-year-old enjoying that, you know, and talking to their parents about it. So that, that kind of really marked for me, you know, an exciting way to maybe operate. But I remember coming here and, and it also worked for me because I could connect with it right back to those early days of learning. And gosh, I wish I could have explored learning like this when I was young. So when we, like you said, like, um, you worked in Azerbaijan and Syria, yeah. like, can you talk about what, what, what yeah, have, sure. you, yeah, what have look, you done and what, what have you then brought to Australia? Why? Yeah. Look, I think it, it makes me, uh, it makes me, it makes me very sad when yeah. I see what's happening in Syria yeah, and right. having yeah. spent some time there. Uh, we, I, at the time I was running 
a uh, part of a creative group for the Science Museum in London, oh, nice. and and my job was to broker the space between corporates, uh, government, and community mm-hmm. around uh, science and technology issues in our society, and to create environments where they could come together and talk about that and shape what that might look like. So all sorts of topics. So uh, they lessons. Yeah, yeah. So all, a fascinating space to be in, and and I and I kind of. I found myself, I'd never re- really thought why I was in that role until some years later when I figured out, oh, I'm a facilitator. <laughs> and, and, but that's what you were doing for a long time, but you just didn't call it that maybe. But, um, so, so the connection was the, uh, the, her, her excellency, Mrs. Al Acid at the time, the current Al Acid's uh, wife was from London. Yeah. And had an affinity with the Science Museum. Uh-huh. And, uh, and asked for us to help with a children's foundation and establishing a children's foundation at the time and brokering links between the oil industry, the government and these displaced communities. Mm -hmm. So we went out under a UK government uh, role. Mm -hmm. So as a kind of ambassador, if you like, to broker that space and so spent about two and a half years setting up links with the communities and, and working on the oil terminals and trying to figure out how can we, use some of that corporate monies to help these communities. So I think what it it made me uh, pretty humble, the experience, because I went out a bit naive. Ah, yes, I'm a teacher. I know how children learn. And then I was confronted with the realities of how these communities live and what the challenges they face. And I I felt hopeless. (laughs) I felt like I, I had nothing to give this group so i think they taught me more than i taught them in, in the process and I often um, have those experiences as mm. well like when i facilitate that i mm. have i learn actually more than everyone else yeah and i just i they should i should pay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so I th- but i think what it's ultimately done is made me comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah. and being okay with working with conflict and okay with working in really difficult scenarios where people are very passionate and energized about their topic and and using that informality, that reassurance to kind of help people just um, accept that people might be passionate or energized or, or upset and that's okay. We can help each other yeah. have this conversation. We don't have to hate each other. We don't have to, um, you know, do each other in in some way. Ultimately, the majority of our problems here are pretty manageable, you know, yeah. um, and so that draws me to those big difficult challenges did, did this remind me of something you said last week to mm. me when you when you come together with people who have a conflict mm. and um you you basically said like it's okay not to agree to anything yeah absolutely it's like what, uh, how did you describe it like, Col- collaborative disagreement so collaborative yeah. disagreement. <laughs> there's a very uh, wise coach that we have from a, a gentleman called bob dick up in queensland and yeah. um bob heard this hopefully we're doing proud, but um, we calling it being okay to disagree. So yeah. partly a lot and very common. A lot of the work we do, people just they, they actually disagree so much they don't want to be in the room together. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time talking to them on the phone, in person, on a coffee, building some relations, and then I'll uh, ask them what will it take for you to come into a room and have a conversation because I can't do this unless we're all together and we hear each other and understand what we're worried about and and then maybe explore how we can do something about this. 
And sometimes it works and sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't. Some people find it too hard. Mm-hmm. Some aren't willing to play. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when it does work, it's fantastic. You know, you see the real good quality of us as human beings. So, so the collaborative disagreement comes around about, uh, it was a particular event where, um, they just, they would only agree to come into the room if they didn't have to agree. So, so yep. that's fine. You know, so then I explained to them when they're in the room, you, you have a number of concerns and one of them is you don't want to agree with each other and that's okay. So we won't, I'm not going to ask you to agree. Uh, I'm going to ask you to collaboratively disagree. Is that okay? So you can uh, acknowledge that you don't, you're not agreeing with each other. Yes, yes, we quite like that. And Everyone said, agreed. Great, we have our first agreement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 we don't want to agree. <laughs> you know, so, but it's a very, it's, it is common that we recognize we need that discord yes. to try and work to some solution that will make this better for all of us. Um, so, so, uh, but again, uh, every time I'm, I'm telling you these stories and I can see in my mind what the environments look like, you know. Uh, and everything for me, the visual cues, the physical setting, the sound, the look, the lighting, you know, the vistas, where seats are, where no tables exist, you know, it's all about trying to break down those boundaries. You know, I, I love the fact that in some really difficult conflicts, I will do as much visualization as I can and as many images and graphics as I can. And one of the best put downs I had was from almost my arch nemesis that I've met over the years that it's, it's what's this nonsense. It's like being in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think she was talking more to her discomfort with being disarmed and seeing other people have a voice and not being able to shut that down, which yeah. is what normally would happen. Yeah. And having to share some airtime and airspace and recognize you don't have the only view on this. So, um, this was something I had to learn when I mm. worked as a coach or team coach or facilitator often mm. that I get actually like, like they fire at me, mm. which is really like they need something what they normally would do is fire at each other yeah. and they actually had a much better work like through that yeah. but they this this very um like aggressive style fire to the facilitator and yeah. I just had to be fine with that and it yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is so hard like, it takes yeah. a lot out yeah. of you you know yeah. it is and you have to remember it's not personal it no, feels personal yeah. Yeah. but uh you know it's yeah. and uh, i uh, i do talk to other friends who work in this space and we've shared this with you marcel how you know, sometimes come the weekend, you you just can't cope with any more people input because you've kind of it has you without realizing it has taken a lot out of you, and and I think you know the way we set up the environments and the visuals and and the look and feel within that environment, you are it feels like you're exposing a bit of yourself. This is yes. me. Yeah. This is my space. Come yeah. in. You know, hope you like it. <laughs> if you don't, I'll probably be a bit upset, but I'll learn to be okay with it, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm inviting you in and it, it does feel like you're kind of unraveling a little bit of this is who I am and the values I uphold. And I'm, I'm kind of, I have expectations that we share some of that when we come into this space. And, and I guess, um, so it was interesting the conversation we were having last week unpacking wh- why are you here? What, why are you? Why do you care? And when I talk to somebody, I said, so what did you do this afternoon? I said, oh, I spent two hours learning to write the letter G and the letter R on a whiteboard. <laughs> and they thought, 
what? Yeah. And I thought, well, it matters. For me, it matters. You know, if I can be that little bit better and work on that meta skill and I'm not trying to, um, you know, do some kind of classic masterpiece. Yeah. I just want it to feel like I care yeah. when you come into this space. Let me, let me uh, give a bit of context for yeah. the people. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, it's fine. Um, so, um, when, when I, when I, when we in the Picapel training, like when I run it, I speak about my own journey with my handwriting. Mm. And you can't improve when you write in front of other people. You, you can't change your whole handwriting. Mm-hmm. But what you might can is you just look for one letter particular that you would like to change. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was my A and my E because I, I, they went smaller and smaller. So I stopped myself, slowed down myself by, by changing those letters and um, being more careful there and last week we explored it and Keith said like it's my G yeah like, I, I just need to practice yeah. the G <laughs> but and it's it's yeah. it, there's a bit of me that thinks oh is that a good use of time but you know it is even since our session last week I've had a number of facilitations I've just come from one today and I was able to apply it and there was a little bit of doing that for me not some even whatever the participants they probably wouldn't have noticed this but but for me i noticed it and i felt a little bit better you know that i was providing a little bit of a better service to the space and for me it actually helps me to stay in my facilitator role Mm. because like we we probably come to that like we we um like it has this visual facilitation has sometimes some therapeutic um, (laughs) aspect and when you when you when you um, focus for one thing like you or G or my A and E mm. to improve that, I'm I'm actually smiling to that, and no one gets that. No, like I'm smiling on the flip shot on the whiteboard that I, I I made this looking like very nice, and I can, I turn around and I rephrase whatever the question or just start with the next question, and it's like I'm in some ways decoupled from the content yeah, with yeah. another. I'm facilitating here in the best way I can. Yeah. Yeah. And this writing is part of it. Yeah. And I'm focusing on that. No yeah. one gets that. No. But I, I can basically re energize and motivate myself yeah. to it. I like, no, I, I think I understand and I get the sense that you feel like you're doing your job. Yeah. Which is, you're there to help. Yeah. You're there, there to support and help. Keith, like, mm. let's look into what your mm. company does. But mm. is it, a, it is a, where's the company based now and how do you so, got there uh, from well, Syria? Yeah, yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. Uh, so I, when I moved uh, to Melbourne full time about eight years ago, yeah. um, we, I was working as a consultant just in strategic planning type work. And I had a friend here and I called them and said, Hey, can you give me a job? <laughs> uh, call me when you have a vacancy. They kind of knew what I did. And, uh, I was very fortunate. They connected me on some very unusual projects, which were, uh, master planning for Mount Buller and planning the second decade of Docklands. Nice. Uh, so yeah. I, it, it, both of which I knew nothing about. <laughs> I, 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 but what I do now is how to connect with people. You know, and what I, what they knew I was good at is that I would soon find the diverse groups of people and interests and I would bring them together mm-hmm. and I would look to find their common interests and goals and, and work on that. 
and and I didn't need to be the content expert. I need to be the people expert. Yes. So um, so I unashamedly use my Irish tones, my ability to network and talk to people and reassure them. Uh, and really, from there, um, th- we did this work for a couple of years, and then I was beginning to uh, want to improve what I do. So I found a connection to a group called IAP Two. Mm-hmm. And that's the International Association of Public Participation. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it is, and uh, nor had my colleague at the time. So we made some inquiries, found somebody who said, yes, I can have a coffee and tell you what it's about. And then suddenly I found this network of people who exist all over the world. And in Australia, there's almost 3,000 of them in Australia and New Zealand. And they focus on uh, the values behind bringing people together. And so they have something called their core values, which are about really their fundamental do's and don'ts about how we can best talk to each other and support each other. And that if you're responsible for running a conversation, governments do a lot of this, so do communities, that we should work together and to uphold these values as best we can. So, you know, be meaningful with the engagement, be transparent with the results have um have some influence over decisions that really matter or maybe impact on your life allow people to have an opportunity to input into that allow people to maybe shape how they have the conversation or or help with determining what information is needed to have a better conversation so is this just a group of like a community of people who live to yeah. this values or yeah, is this like a group of facilitators there are a whole mix of people they're individuals they they uh, connected all over the world there's thousands of us all over the world yeah. and we come together around the core values but some are employed some have their own companies some are yeah. CEOs some are uh, you know quite new graduates but they all have a common interest in bringing conversations together and bringing people together and they use these guidelines and the association does various um, training tools and products and Mm -hmm. guidelines and Mm -hmm. so on but really it boils down to our core values you know what drives us as individuals and what do we feel are important and how can we go about applying that put that in show notes but what say it again how do how's it called the group IAP2, so International Association of Public Participation. So, yes. so a bit, bit long-winded. Um, uh, and my, the best way I can describe it is, um, I remember saying to my, my, uh, my son, he's five, and I said, do, do you know what I do? And he thinks I'm a printer because I print a lot of materials <laughs> and have all this stationery. And, and so we talked to him, he said, no, he said, I'm not sure what you do. So I showed him some films of what I do. And, and then, so he said, oh, you, you, you help people, have conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said wow yeah actually that is what I do I help people have conversations and hopefully they're meaningful conversations and done in a way that's useful and interesting and helps to do that conversation so um, so when when I found this network it kind of gave me a group of common interest people that helped me reflect a lot on the previous 17 years at the time and realized, oh, I have actually been doing this for a long time. So for me, that became very important part of how I do business. I set up my own company called Chit Chat. Uh Uh, It's all visual based and I just put it out there. Somebody uh, talked to me about what I do and he said, I've watched what you do. You know what? You got to amplify it. Why don't you work with some cartoonists? Get them to work with you. They'll show you what you do. Right? Mm-hmm. And I loved it. That was my first really strong reconnection with those doodling days mm-hmm. of childhood. And I thought, wow, that seems a bit, um, 
a bit informal and a bit frivolous. And I said, but that's what you do and who you are. Put it out there. And I did. And I took a chance on it. I felt like a really big chance. And I thought it was going to be laughed at. Mm -hmm. And it took off. Yeah. People just recognize that's who you are, what you do. And we, and some people like it and some don't. And those that don't, you probably won't work together. And those that do, you'll probably work with a lot. So someone pointed you basically to graphic and to visual facilitation. They did. They, do that, they did. They, they, they kind of encouraged me to find that style. Yeah. And to work with that style and amplify that. They yeah. said, it's who you are. Why don't you embrace it and get it on your identity? So I created a company at the time called Chit Chat. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was looking for a name that connected with me in some way. Mm -hmm. And I just remember growing up in Ireland and my nan saying, that's enough of your chit chat. No more chit chat, <laughs> you know? And I thought, yeah, I like the informal formality of the word chit chat you know it gets people talking about chit chat what do you mean chit chat you know so i i kind of was embracing that notion of informality visual identities um you know the furniture being removed from a room the setup the drama yeah. the theater some more the art space of engagement and um and then through that process i met like very like-minded people yeah and then i was very lucky to meet um, my current business partners and friends and um, we set up a group called mosaic lab and, and we started playing with that a few years ago and uh, and what we realized even though we have very distinct styles our common interests around these values is very strong and binds us and and actually we need different styles and different abilities and what they did was bring it to a different level they they said we can use all of this and start engaging with really big problems and dilemmas in society and use all that thinking and all that diversity of approach to help people have these big, hor horribly complex conversations. And, and you really, like when you said that last week to me, what, yeah. what, you, what you do, it's like I got really hooked straight away because yeah. like for me, I'm a I'm, I'm, like, political interested person, definitely. Yeah. Also, like, of course, I have an opinion around this. And, and whenever I see like on a, on a big scale, people working through difficult problems, let's say, um, the climate change or yeah, something, yeah. coming up with a new, um, way of how we run the world, basically, yeah, yeah. we need to find a way how we collaborate from all different kinds of 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 backgrounds like you yeah. said you you worked in Azerbaijan in Syria yeah. in London it's all all that is like so like it's you have the 360 view around yeah. the world yeah. and and uh, you need to bring those people together yeah. and then when i looked at your website this is like um you actually do that like for yeah. me it felt like why they are not, never use visual facilitation or why they're not having a, yeah. a visual fishbowl or something yeah, yes. where they do yeah. all the time to come yeah. up with good solution ideas just yeah. thousands of them to to maybe find one uh, duel in it that yeah. they can all agree on yeah. like in the end right yeah so yeah. those those things and when i then read your tagline i think it's bringing conversations yeah. and democracy alive yeah. which is like oh my god he's yeah. doing that yeah. it's like this is what i always struggled with like they're sitting just around the boring table and they have oh, a conversation yeah it breaks our heart and we, yeah. and we just don't do that you know so so, so yeah, look it, it feels it feels wonderful when you're yeah. in that space and when you see and and you have to keep working on your confidence and, and those meta skills to make you feel confident yeah. because it's really hard, you know, and they're relying on you. And and I've, I've, I think I may have shared a story with you where recently, um, 
uh, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me sharing it, but the Regional Development Victoria, all the, there's nine committees in, in Victoria and every state in Australia to have regional committees. And they're very clever, smart people who are invited to work together to provide high level advice to the government yeah. about all sorts of really complicated things that half of which I can barely understand, you know, and, and yet they, uh, through one of my partners recommending me, I said, why don't you come and meet the chair of this group? You know, and I expected that we'd have a very long conversation around, can we not have the people sitting at round tables and can we not do 10 presentations? Maybe we can talk in a better way together. And, and so I met this great guy who's the chair of their mm-hmm. group. And Stuart was very generous and he, he just straight away said, no, I want this to be a different type of experience. And that's why you're here, you know? So we went, we, he just went for it straight away. So we had, you know, no tables and uh, 90 big chairs in a great big theatrical circle, a cartoonist on standby, images drawn everywhere. This thing looked terrifying when you walked into the room for most of these people. So this is too precious to just name it with a column in between let's let's yeah. let's get this like picture right yeah, yeah. like so someone like this this um, chairman like yeah. you he basically uh, someone calls you yeah. and and asks for actually what are they well, aware of what they get like because yeah, like I the th- other side would be you just pull them into a bo- meeting room in a boardroom and have a very yeah and very normal conversation yeah, normal conversation <laughs> yeah. and a business normal you know, type of conversation you'd normally have uh, look I think so I think how does it one of the things that triggered it was um, so I was being a bit conservative when we eventually got to meet up in Ballarat and they were clearly um, uh, they were very enthusiastic about this and they were working really hard to bring these nine committees together who are a bit reluctant to come together because they're busy people and and rightly so we're saying what's the value in us coming together for a day and a half that's a lot of time we're busy we're running companies and businesses why should we give up this time um and uh, so we started that conversation about what might that take to make them feel like it's a useful time and then at one point through the conversation she showed me he said look i i saw this in a thing in, and i think it was an overseas event he, what he showed me was a picture of a graphic recording yeah. you know mm-hmm. and so what i explained to him i said oh, graphic recording is a very good tool you know it's um an interesting tool but it's not the only thing to do and you know let's think about it but what it said to me straight away was here's this guy who's prepared to make this a different experience yeah. and a memorable experience and take some risk with that yeah you know and be prepared to fail yeah. You know? And I said, look, we can do this. It, it entirely relies on this audience playing along. Mm-hmm. If they decide we don't want to do this, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. But if you're prepared to take a chance, mm-hmm. we will have a very different type of experience than they will expect. And one that maybe will be a game changer and produce some creative thinking and innovative thinking. But I need you to take a risk. Yeah. yeah. And so he took the risk. He took the risk. Yeah. What, what have you then like prepared for him or how does, what is this? Oh, wow. We, we, well, we, um, they were very generous and kind of trusted me a lot. Mm-hmm. So with that, I, you know, I felt, I felt the pressure on that because I was hoping this worked. And, um, and luckily they were a very good team and they let me get some support from a cartoonist because I wanted to make it a very visual experience. Yeah. This is people who'd be very used to a boardroom meeting or a very traditional style yeah. of meeting or a very traditional style of workshopping. 
you know so I didn't want any tables I wanted a big circle I wanted them to talk to each other I wanted them to build relationships and get to know each other so how many people are oh, together in a circle maybe in the 80 room? I think in this instance so close for 80 people um, so deliberately staged you know yeah. big cartoons everywhere of, of things we were going to work on uh, uh, beautiful ornate huge posters that were blank because I was going to get them to draw the future that they wanted to create together uh, and um, a really uh, be a beautiful environment but but intentional so that when they walked in the room they went oh my god what is this and for some that was very uh, unsettling for others it was very exciting uh, but collectively it generated an interest and a and a you know an energy that I could work with so they they come into a big room where you yeah. have 80 chairs yep in a big in a circle nine, in a big circle yep. just one row or many rows yeah, or no just one big one big, one big, big circle row. yeah maybe a, something in the middle or uh, i had a, a a small group of a cluster of paper in the middle yeah, nice. and a box of pens because <laughs> everyone is looking into the middle right at yeah the circle. and there were little clouds i had little clouds in the yeah. middle of this yeah deliberately you know yes. very carefully placed little What clouds And what, so they'd be wondering, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. So the theater was set, you know, yeah. the drama was set. Yeah. And then partly my role once we get going is to kind of normalize that space quickly. Uh, and same for if it's a group of 10, like today, yeah. or a group of 80, or we've even done this with hundreds of people, engineers, people who wouldn't work in this way. Uh, and that stage setting and the visual representation around that room It's all there to catch attention. Yeah. Right? Now, you want people to get comfortable with that space quickly. Yeah. And, and I have seen a picture of, of what you did there, and it's just like it was very impressive for me. So it's it's not just the table and maybe mm, a wall no, for yeah. it's it's really deliberately set up each part. It, yeah. it looked very very organized. Yeah, very orchestrated. Yeah. Yes, it, it yeah. looked orchestrated. So yeah. almost like don't touch that. <laughs> so <laughs> like, how do you then break yeah, the ice yeah. of like don't touch that? This is all here exactly on a millimeter, yeah. and it felt like when I saw yeah, this, yeah, like yeah. you you. Uh, um, it's on purpose very precise oh, look, and, and it, it's it, that precision lasts for maybe uh, 10 minutes yeah. and then everything goes into mild chaos <laughs> yeah. which is good chaos healthy yeah. chaos yeah. but it's set in that way everything the chairs the visuals the pens just so it feels what is this when you come in I really want to grab their attention yeah. but then I also want to very quickly break down that nervous energy And, and within, in my mind, within 15 minutes, th this is normal. They feel like they're in their lounge or they're having a conversation with their mates yep. and there's stuff that they'll play with and that's kind of exciting. So, and, and so, so I, 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 it goes away pretty quick, but it's intentionally poised for that drama. You know, what's the drama? Yeah. So that the people really lift their ego outside of this. Yeah, so definitely. Like, As best you can. Yeah. yeah. So then you have this this very playful open environment where. Yep. You, so what? what? Why you? Uh, what, do you what do you do there then? Movement. Movement is good. Yeah. So lots of so you've got space. So let's yeah. use movement. Yeah. Uh, let's use movement. Let's start uh, 
making some fun with writing statements and creating some murals together. Yeah. So uh, let's start. Let's start decorating this pretty, uh, you know, um, clinical-looking environment and making it our own. Oh, look, we have a big floor space. Why don't we create a Mandela on the floor yeah. of our thinking? You know, uh, why on the floor? Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> you know? We can walk around it. We can stand on it. We can we can go for a, a stroll together and look at everybody else's you know we can connect with it we can sit down on the floor we can we can really uh, be playful in this yeah. environment so so for me it's about then using the ingredients to start getting participants to make something that looks fabulous you know and it might be as simple as here's a template you know uh, an interesting looking template uh, and i want you to write a six word story on this about what you want from the day you know uh, and we'll we'll arrange them so that they look amazing together. Yeah. Can you can you talk about why you do, or what is the purpose of the day, or maybe give oh. an example of of and uh, like just getting together? Of course, is a great thing, but it all yeah. feeds a, a oh, well, bigger we, purpose. Well, of, this, this, goal, this group, right? yeah, and here's this group, and I'll, I'll let's stick with the the, the regional development Victoria yeah. conference. The first time it had happened, great energy in the room. They loved it. You know, yeah. people love to connect. Yeah. They love to connect and they love to share ideas and hear each other's ideas. And if you can make that easy, uh, people respect that yeah. and they respond to it, you know, and they just feed it, you know. So you make that as easy and as comfortable as they can for them to do. You'll get gold from a group. From most people, they'll, they'll really embrace this. Great insights. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, um, so here we are. We're doing all this stuff together and, um, and we've got cartoons to help this group of really smart people. And their task was to actually work together. We had 24 hours to do this. You have to work together to agree a vision for Victoria infrastructure. Right? What, what needs to happen in the regional right. development areas of Victoria? Yeah. And the metro areas. Yeah. Uh, what's our advice to the prime minister? So this was yeah. high level stuff. Yeah. Right? This is the chair was going to be charged with taking their agreed messages forward. 80 people with very disparate views, 24 hours. What can we do in the first time coming together to articulate a vision for regional Victoria and metropolitan Victoria and somehow begin to come up with a set of priorities that we want to give the best advice we can as a collective to the prime minister. So that's that's it's uh, for me it feels like a a great news. So politics yeah. is not done no. in a in a dark gray room no. somewhere. Yeah. It is actually done like by my company like you who yeah. helps like to bring yeah. 80 people together yeah. and come out of that with a with a proposal for the yeah. prime minister. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, we could have sat down in a room and gone, right, what's our uh, strategic priorities for 2020 in Victoria? And we'd have a very probably boring conversation where we'd probably take a position and we would defend the position till till the meeting was over. Yeah. And we'd end up in a very difficult meeting and probably not very productive. Or we turn that on its head and we make people have a playful experience of talking and playing and being together. Uh, and and the crescendo for this was I got to a point where I was you know you can sense the energy in the room and they were, how are we going to pull this together how are we going to pull this together and I'm thinking I have no idea <laughs> but I didn't say that but I'm thinking oh god I have no idea and I was having a real panic moment going oh my god have I gone too far have I yeah. created this yeah. you know, really open environment yeah. how will I pull it together 
And I needed them to articulate some very difficult statements of intent around what they want for the future. Mm. And I knew that if I said to them, right, sit down and create a meaningful statement of intent for the future, they would go right back to where they were the day before they arrived at the sense. So this is where we got some pens out and we got some big sheets of paper out. And I said, okay, I want you to articulate uh, your strategic intent for the future, but I don't want words. I want pictures. Nice. I, I want yeah. images and I want pictures and my cartoonist buddy is here and you can bribe him to help you get started if you want. Yeah. But I just want you to draw. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, the immediate reaction is terror for most yeah. people. You see this all the time, probably. Yeah, absolutely. absolute terror, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then some group will get it and they'll start laughing and they start enjoying and it. And then you hear this laughter and this converse. And when you listen carefully, the conversations are extraordinary. They're, they're doing it. They're doing the work. So then we let them play for a half an hour and, and they're creating some terrible images and some fabulous images. Uh, and then they tell us about the images. So quickly, one question. Yeah. I think there's a great insight. Yeah, sure. I want to make sure that the people um, get that. When did you ask them to draw? Is it after one day or is it morning oh, no, first it, thing it of was, the day? Um, it was like, probably about uh, two-thirds of the way through the process. All right, so they'd okay. had a lot of conversations. Right. They'd done a lot of traditional writing. They were tired. It was late afternoon. Nice. Yep. They were feeling a bit frustrated how this would come together. Yeah. Yeah. And so I so said, now we draw. You know, so it was a completely step change again. Again, it was almost like that same moment they had when they walked into the room being unsettled. You want us to draw? This is crazy. You know, what are we going to do? Yeah. But then suddenly you have nine committees coming back and have these huge pictures. And uh, I remember seeing a tweet from because they're tweeting and the minister for for economy was watching our meeting because they had sponsored it <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and then i saw somebody put up a a tweet of a photo of this image and it was like it was like an image that had been drawn by a child's foot or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all i was thinking was oh my god this minister is going to be thinking what have we spent all this time and money and energy on and they're doing this this looks crazy but then uh, we got them to tell us about their their image and describe it you know so talk to us about what you've drawn and while they were doing that, we're recording them. Yeah, so we told them we're recording you. So you know. on on audio, or video uh, just or? an audio uh, yeah. recording. Mm-hmm. And they and they proceeded to tell us nine stories about their future that they hoped would reflect all the discussions we've been having all day. And then they had a coffee break, and then we had a typist transcribe the audio. And when they came back to the room the following morning, uh, here were articulated nine very clear stories about what they wanted for the future. Bang. You know? Yeah, we had it. You know? So once we had that, we could go, okay, so what do we need to do to make this happen? And See. off we go on another process. So it transformed from the story, from yeah. this from this one yeah. big uh, from drawing a picture, picture. Yeah. to a very like now condensed down, precision, yeah. text-driven yep. proposal. Yep, which I never would Overnight. have, I would never have got that yeah. without that kind of process. Yeah. And, and so... Bringing this right back to, you know, why, why would I spend time learning to do what you do really well? It's one of those meta skills. If I feel confident enough to just have a go and I can encourage others to have a go with drawing what's in pictures. Exactly. Yeah. It's a Mm -hmm. very powerful mechanism in a suite of mechanisms, but not only has it got a role in how you present and physically uh, represent people's, the room and what, what it feels and looks like. But to then get others to try and 
play in that way can be extraordinarily powerful. Really, so. Can I ask one question? Mm -hmm. Like you bring these great people together to yeah. make them tell a story and then at the end come out with a law proposal and you have like a several of them and they basically have some some bread and, and like they can work with, right? With those mm -hmm. ideas. But how do you make sure that you get in like a like a, a good like it's not one sided part of the society that's mm -hmm. actually reflecting Like maybe everyone's or as best as you can, everyone's opinion. Is there is there any way you can do that? Or? Yeah, there's a couple of ways we do it. So in a group like the one I've just told you about, where they're an invited group because they're an appointed group to that role. Yeah. So we we um, in that case we run physical processes to make sure they're mixing and matching and and doing what we call convergence thinking. Yeah. So taking all the wide views and then being responsible to reflect everyone else's views in the room. So there's yeah. processes that we run to get that mm -hmm. kind of group thinking. Yeah. And then we test things. And again, we'll use, uh, we'll use visual indicators, smiley faces. Um, one of my colleagues came up with a great system called the loathe it to love it scale. Uh -huh. And so we try and create visual scales to help people express how they support something or how they're reacting to something. So rather than just saying, um, I don't like it or I like it. We ask them to say, well, how much do you like it? And how little do you like it? And then we'll get people to, to vote in it or, or identify how, how they feel about something. And then we'll often get them to physically get up and, and stand themselves where they, where nice. they feel about this topic. And then we interview them as whole groups. Why do you load this? Why do you love it? Let, let's, let's highlight that. I mean, like, yeah. So it means like, um, you ask for their opinion, how much they like it. And on yeah. one side of the room, there is like full agreement. It's yeah. a 10. It's like 100%. Yeah. yeah they might the love other it. side is like completely not with me. Yeah. There might be another, like, you know, percentage of yeah. the room down the other end going, no, I hate it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And so you, 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 the people who use their feet again yeah. and, and, and move around to, yeah. to have physically this connect with this. question, yeah, like yeah. physical connect with yeah. it. And basically you also find you, your mates, you can, you find you like who you are on the same way together. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the important thing for us is once exactly. So once yeah. you do that, yeah. we'll ask them to connect usually together and why you're standing there, what brought you there. Nice. Yeah. And then, and then we'll share that. But then we ask a second question and this is where we do the work that we do about encouraging deliberation in our work. And um, we get people to consider what would it take to move you? So yeah. what would it take to bring you closer to what we call living with it? Yes. So, because their job is to think, wouldn't it be great if we find solutions or recommendations or priorities that the vast majority of us, we call it a super majority, over yep. 80% of us can live with. Yep. So we might not love it, but we certainly don't hate it. We could live with it. We could accept it. And it's a core part of our work. If we can create those, that spectrum of opportunity to provide your feedback yeah. and then hear with each other, what would it take to bring us closer together and then talk about it? And what we often find is that somebody who might love something and somebody who might load something, their underlying concerns are usually similar. They can be usually quite similar. And once they hear that, they recognize, oh, I'm just reacting differently to this than you. You're okay with how it's yeah. presented. I'm less okay. So we have reacted different. Emotionally, we've reacted differently. But actually, we kind of want the same thing. 
So maybe we could meet somewhere along the way. So makes perfect. So once we do this, we yeah. can get real quality in our work. Yeah. And 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 that certainly underpins everything in Mosaic Lab that we do as a business. That is our trademark. Uh, that one of our latest, we're we're enjoying working on the future Melbourne process at the moment. We'll be working with 56 people. We'll meet them tomorrow night and we're going to have a journey together to put our recommendations up for what this great city needs to be in the future. And the only recommendations that will go forward is where 80% of this group uh, agree. Right. So, so anything less won't come out, won't see daylight. So you make the most livable city in the world. More livable. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intent. So, um, like you told me about, like you, that I'm, I'm still concerned with that mm. we we are one sided. So I want to make sure that mm. it's like everyone's is is in there. Is there is there a trick of uh, like you you okay. you use like the um um this way of of uh, like physical to to move mm. people around? But is there another way you basically we we do do a couple of things in our work. One, one it depends on what we're working with. So say if we're working with we do a lot of work with what's called citizens panels or All right. okay. citizens juries yeah. or and they're often a, a a randomly recruited representative group from from our societies. And so we had a next project last year for Vic Health on obesity problem, the obesity epidemic in well, all over Australia and all over the world. But but we were focused on Victoria, so we we recruited with an independent recruiter 100 everyday citizens uh, from all over Victoria, and uh, so so they are people who are uh, not politically aligned. They don't have a, a a formal role in this space. They're just everyday citizens. And they're representative of different age ranges, different cultures, different backgrounds, different levels of education. And we put them together as a mini community mm-hmm. and we put uh, uh, this question to them. How can we make uh, better choices in the way we eat? And and uh, th- that group of people have a responsibility to be representative of the wider community. So we do ask them to think about from lots of different perspectives, but also to recognize that unless we get this super majority, we don't put recommendations forward. Now, the reason why we do it is if we do the process again and we recruit another 100 people, statistically, we might get a plus or minus 10% deviance in our answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we're still working at a 70% super majority. Yeah. So our goal for better democracy is... That's better than 51%. We can do better than that. Mm -hmm. So when I work with decision makers or or community, we do expect us to work harder at reaching higher levels of of agreement. We can do it. We're capable of doing it. We just need a bit of patience and a bit of tolerance to get there. So any tools we can use to help us with that is important. Nice. Great. Um, So when we we visualize those... those, um, great setups like this this mm. we walk through the you walk through with the group to one two three how many days maximum or? oh uh, they can be several days yeah. or, or uh, they usually take place over a period of months with some online yeah. conversations in between and All right. yes. uh, very clearly mapping out for them what are the processes and what do they what can they expect so, uh, you know, and how is this going to work? So they get some homework and then talk yeah, about it they and do. then come back on, a, yeah, and then on we, another on, off-site day? Yeah, or? we bring them back together. Yeah. And, and the way we now try to present this, and partly driven by IP2 practices, 
But we're also, we're focused on two things, the rational outcomes. What are we trying to do? What do we want out of this group? What's the yeah. content? The bits of paper, the, the notes on a Google doc. What, what do we physically, you know, what do we want them to do? But equally as important is the experience. How do we want them to feel? What do we want them to go away thinking? You know, um, being valued, being listened to, hearing other views. Uh, feeling motivated, excited, and passionate, you know. So how do we want them to experience this conversation? And that's the bit for me that I'm really keen on, you know. How, how do they feel in this space and in this environment? Do they feel able to have the dialogue and conversation? I think uh, one thing came, comes to my mind, like, you, of course you have this intended consequence that you have... Mm. Um, like the outcome that you need to make, present to the prime minister the idea uh, that you have there as the group. But I think the unintended consequence, or maybe it's also intended, but mm. is that the way they feel is actually supporting the democracy in yeah. itself just by having so engaged people who are everyday people yeah. selected by a recruiter or so just yeah. buying with with filters yeah. um and now they come together and they really change oh, um, australia in, in this way definitely i mean it's a big movement in australia yeah. at the moment and yeah. we see you know and, and we think well we need to look at this not only in our governance models but in endemic problems like our refugee crisis yeah. you know mm -hmm. it might not give us any answers but it'll can't can't be a bad thing to try and have a different yeah. conversation about it and explore different ways of thinking around Absolutely. this. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Can I ask you another question which um, I remember from last week and mm. it hit me so um, nice because I have the same situation when I set up in the morning a training. Mm. So when I run the mm -hmm. Picablo visual facilitation trainings, mm. I normally arrive at seven o'clock and mm. the meeting starts at nine or yeah. the, the training starts at nine o'clock yeah. uh, if i do workshops it's similar like i yeah. will be there two hours earlier yeah. just, i need to find the right music channel oh, yeah. which I'm, i'm not very good with music i yeah. pass this job quickly on to someone but oh, i need to set up the walls and and put yeah. paper and and really i need this this quiet morning yeah. for myself to yeah. do that and you said like for you it can also like have something like sometimes a bit of therapeutic oh it's like a ritual it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like a ritual, ritual. <laughs> and, and can you can you tell us a bit about that yeah, yeah. I've, i've learned to tell people that um if if i seem a bit weird or a bit off <laughs> um if they come into the i like to be left alone yeah. to get the room ready you know because i and and i often laugh at myself because you kind of think oh you become obsessed about furniture and pens and and the and letters and and posters and you know it's 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 a a mild obsession when you're setting it up but it's because it's so important to you and then if somebody else comes into the room you don't really want to kind of explain that or if they don't understand that and they start moving things and And they're only trying to help, you know, moving. But it's driving you crazy, you know. Yes. And so I've had to learn to say, you know, it's probably better just to leave me alone. I'm a bit strange when I'm setting up the room. I just need to focus and get my thoughts. And it's my way of, you know, kind of thinking what to expect and how's it going to feel. And, you know, I'll, I'll sit in the different chairs. I'll check what people yeah. are seeing. Yes. I'll, yes. I, I, yeah, but I liked it. I remember when we were talking, we were joke, joking about it. And it's like... It's, they're nice rituals, but also we don't want to be driven by them or become yes. too obsessed by them. Yeah. And, and it's good every now and again to just stop and go, you know, like, and you don't always get that grace of time, but yeah, absolutely. Whenever yeah. I run training, I'd be there an hour and a half before. I could probably just walk in there and set it up in five minutes. Yeah. 
um, but I would be so unsettled in my in myself. I wouldn't feel I was doing them justice. Yeah, yeah and I, I referred to the the Stacy diagram, and there was this mm. um, the idea is there like how do you do something on a level of certainty mm. and how uh, and what do you do what do you yeah. want to get out of <laughs> yeah. it on the level of certainty yeah. and when you're when this is so, like we hit into the gray zone of, of we don't know where this goes to be like this yeah. can be complete chaos and it's it's on purpose into that way because we need to create new ideas yeah then let's get least get the environment so certain yeah. at least for the beginning that we are comfortable right with yeah. one angle of this yeah, of this yeah. a xy diagram yeah. of having that locked in having that stable yeah. before we hit into the gray. Yeah. Like it's, it, the pens are there if I need one. It's like, it's for me, it's when I do a graphic recording, which I not rarely do, but yeah. I, um, when I run a training, it's like they, all pens are refilled, they have time and then yeah. it's like, it just needs to <laughs> Lined be Lined up, right? Yeah, but, but I like what you said about also them being prepared to let go. Yes. Because I, I, I had one today where I had all sorts of very clever things planned and prepared and uh, it just wasn't happening in a very nice group and they were having good conversation and I've soon realized that you know, all these things I had planned they were just you know uh, they did the job in setting the scene and beyond that they were kind of useless <laughs> I had to just go with the group and and work with them uh, yeah. and they, they they were really happy with what we produced and I thought man we didn't use like we used 5% of the things I had set up and and I'm really disappointed that we've only just done this and, and they were like no that was great that we did that and so, so there, there's the, for me that's absolutely right there's the trigger where you need to let yeah, go when you, you start do. to be disappointed yeah. that the people yeah. don't use all your toys yeah then they yeah. won't yeah. need yeah. it anymore they don't need them <laughs> They're, and, and reckon and so yeah so being prepared to break those yes. rituals yeah. and look at well, right now these guys are happy and it, doing what they need to do. Yeah. So you need to change. You need to go to Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> and so be not. But but I'm okay with that. Once you you're, you're there, you're ready. Yeah, you're you're good to go. You know. And you said something when you prepare, like you have then in you load up the room, the walls yeah, with yeah. some statements, right? And you yeah. you you um have great great handwriting, and you just do this with your. With with uh, with a marker, yeah. Um, Sometimes I'll color it in just to yeah. if I'm really nervous about a group, you know, yeah. or a meeting or a process, um, uh, and I find it just kind of focuses me, you know, and I, and I feel I kind of drop into myself. And I, I I know that a lot of graphic recorders do that as well. Yeah, like you see yeah. see them in working in two different styles. They do the headline, yeah, like right. before, and when the people come in, they work on the headline and they just in the zoom because they, don't, they yeah. just want to be there and rest and they do a very very nice headline just for for this concentration concentration yeah. and just to settle in you're right to be in their space because now, and we've talked about that i mean now i embrace doodling i yeah. love doodling yeah. yeah and and i'll i'll uh, i'll um the most i use for I certainly use it in the setup of a room but when i take notes when i'm talking to people i will be constantly doing mind maps and doodles and because it's where i practice you know and and I love the fact that most people they really like it. They go, "Wow, what have you? Can I take a photo of what you've written?" <laughs> you know, it's kind of nonsense what I've written. It's more just it works for me because when I look at it, I'll remember what I need to remember. You know, I'll remember the important things we agreed. And and uh, but I've had to learn it's very off-putting for some people. And it brought me right back to those childhood days when people have confronted me and go, "Can you listen to me?" Uh, and to be able to say to them, 
I'm really listening to you. Yes. The fact that I'm drawing uh, is I'm intently listening to you. I'm hanging on to every word you're telling me and I'm processing it. And this is what I'm doing. I'm processing it. I, I'm not only listening to you, I'm trying to visualize what you're saying to me. Yeah. I'm sense making of what you're saying to me. Uh, and, uh, but I, I don't think I've ever said that when somebody said it because I'm kind of shocked when people say it to me. But now I've got the confidence to say that I am listening to you, you know, and so I'm, I, and, but it's amazing how it's taken, I'm 44, it's taken me that much time to get to that spot. And I think it's sad when you, if you see that being squashed out of people, mm. you know, it's just yeah. a way of people thinking and learning. Yeah. Have you, like, you probably came across the, the, um, TED talk of Sonny Brown around Doodlers Unite? No, no. Oh my gosh. Really? So we put yeah. that in the show note and I sent it to you. Yeah, great. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, it gives you the clay. It just kind of normalizes it. Don't spoil it. it. Okay, so watch it. And know? if you haven't watched it, guys, yeah. online, please watch Sonny Brown. But, but Doodlers I, Unite. I think it's, it's amazing. Like I know I, I talk yes. and think. Yeah. And I'll often say to people, I'm not sure if what I'm about to say will, will make any sense or make me sound stupid, but I need to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same with drawing, yeah. you know, it's the same with drawing. I don't know, I'm thinking this and oh yeah, that's all. Oh, thoughts come out there and it, it almost like harnesses that r random verbalization I would do <laughs> into just stop and listen, you know, don't talk now, listen. So, so I think they're, they're, uh, you know, and listening's a great skill. We all need to practice listening. Yes. <laughs> Keith, when we, when we, when I listen to you, like you now help, you helped in the past the health system in Australia mm, yeah. to, with a collaborative approach, like to bring them together, mm. transportation. Mm. Now even make our most livable city, Melbourne, even more livable. Yeah. Where do you think this like collaborative, co-creative, mm world like approach of how we work together where does it hit next mm, that's really interesting yeah no it, it's always amazing how um how how big and diverse the topics are and it brings me right back to that example i gave you about um you know not having to be the not having to be the expert yeah. uh, like you know okay design an alpine um, master plan you know I, i have no idea what that i can't even ski <laughs> so so But it doesn't matter. I know how to connect people, you know, and I know how to work with people. And so for me, I, I would deal with 10, 15 different topics a week and I still know how to connect people. It doesn't matter about the topic, you know, it could be sausages. It could be, mm -hmm. you know, designing a new city or whatever. But, but I think where we have real opportunity is there's definitely a change in, in this work across Australia and New Zealand and it's getting more mature. It's getting more sophisticated. I think. Our communities are asking to have better quality conversations. And so I, I'm hopeful that all this other planning stuff and, you know, conflict issues around planning is, it's good and it's helpful for our day to day lives. But I think we can do more. I think we can do better and bigger issues, you know, family violence, mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. cultural based issues, uh, and maybe try and use some of that to help with, you know, mental health. Um, our refugee issues, you know, our diversity and cultural issues. And so I'd like to see more of a merging of, of that. Who are, who are we as a society? And let's have better relationships and use it yeah. to help with the relationships because then the rest is easy. You know, the yeah. rest is just stuff we've got to do because that's what happens when you live together. <laughs> you create, create issues and challenges. But I think for me, it's about, 
can we use it to really build understanding and relationships? And if we can, then we can have better conversations about all that other planning stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keith, I think that was an awesome conversation. Oh, yeah, you too. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Keeping you late. Last but not least, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to follow your journey mm. with working people, so great to bring people together with such mm. big topics. Mm. Where can people find you and Mossic Labs? Um, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, yep. You'll see me on LinkedIn. Uh, I just Google uh, Keith Graves, and you'll you'll see me on there. Uh, and we're we're trying. What I've learned is facilitators are not very good social media experts necessarily. <laughs> uh, so, but LinkedIn's a good spot. Yeah. We usually try and track yeah. uh, and provide some insp- insights on there. Mm-hmm. And we're actually just commissioned a whole bunch of stories around the work we do because. While I'm busy doing this, my two colleagues are doing the same. So we have a lot of good stories to share and all three of us have agreed we need to provide some insights and certainly work to the principle of copyright left. So we want to give away any lessons we can and any insights we can provide. Uh, And so uh, look at our website, mosaiclab.com.au or check me out, Keith Greaves on LinkedIn and those stories will be coming. Nice. (laughs) Keith, thank you very much for coming oh, around. Thank and you. Such a spending time yeah. with me. No, thanks for and having me. Thanks for telling your story. <laughs> Cheers, Marcel. Cheers. When you listen until here, I guess that it was useful for you. And it may be useful for one of your friends or colleagues. I really appreciate if you shared on Facebook or on Twitter or on LinkedIn. Maybe put a picture of it on Instagram. Whatever you find is your platform. It really helps to get the word out and makes more people to engage with visual facilitation. I hope to see you in one of the trainings. The next one is coming up in Perth. Then we have Sydney and Melbourne lined up. And I really look forward to see you there.